This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. It's the post-game podcast here on Blood Red. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. So pre-season up and running the Reds with two mini runouts to get things going out in Austria. 1-1 draws with both Varka, Innsbruck and Stuttgart in the two half-hour matches. And here to pick through some of the key talking points, we have our Blood Red writer, Matt Addison. Matt, what did you make of it? It sort of seemed a bit odd, two half-hour games, just as they were getting going, they were they were over. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? I can sort of understand it, really, from Jurgen Klopp's perspective. You don't want to throw the players straight in. They've obviously been training hard, doing double sessions and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, it, it's a sensible way of doing it, really. I suppose the difficulty is that you can't always convince other teams to, to do that same thing. I think the uh, certainly Innsbruck season has, has already started. They've played a couple of games already for the, the new campaign. So for them, it was maybe a slightly strange one, but of course, I suppose... <laughs> equal to that is the fact that they get to play against Liverpool. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good run out for the players. I think um, there's certain things that that we can learn. There's certain things that it's probably a bit too soon to to think about. I think you know, obviously physically, it was it was very very hot over there. They've been training twice a day, as I say. There's there's not a great deal. I don't think that you can kind of um, learn in in terms of where they're at fitness wise apart from the obvious Van Dijk and, and Gomez that we don't expect to, to see this week. But uh, I think in terms of sort of tactics, the, the fact, for example, that Harvey Elliott was was in midfield, I thought was was interesting. There is a lot that I think we can sort of gain from from those two half an hour. So, yeah, fairly valuable overall. Yeah, let's pick through sort of a, a fair bit of it. And the first side that played sort of seemed to be very much more the, the lesser of experience in terms of the sides that did play. And that was one of the things that really did leap out to me was just how many of these young lads were getting a chance. And a few of them spoke after the games. Tyler Morton in particular, just absolutely thrilled to sort of make his debut, as it were, for the first team. Yeah, I mean, he's a player that, that I've really liked over the last sort of 18 months or so. I think he's a really, really, you know, top quality player. And I think, you know, for him to, to play today was obviously a big step. But I think the fact that he did it alongside Jake Kane and, and Leighton Clarkson, obviously two players that he's played with plenty of times for, for the under-23s, I think that was, was really important. And I thought he was one of the standout players. I think Kai Gordon was probably the standout, but... Certainly after that, I would probably, you know, pick out Tyler Morton. I thought, you know, the, the forward runs, the sort of desire to, to get behind the defence, go beyond the, the front three from midfield, I thought was was really good. And I just really like the, the balance of that midfield, to be honest. The, obviously, the, the number six, the, the holding midfielder in, in Leighton Clarkson, but then you've got the, the kind of more silky passing player in, in Jake Kane, who's left-footed, which I think helps with the, the balance of it. And then Tyler Morton, who's a, a little bit more creative and, and forward-thinking. So, yeah, I thought all three of those did okay. I think there's obviously still, you know, a, a lot of players to come back, and I wouldn't expect to, to see Tyler Morton for the first team once the season starts. But, yeah, for, for him, what an opportunity, and I think he, he took it really well tonight. Yeah, that first game, as, as well as sort of inexperienced players, were sort of the, the, the lads coming back from injury, as it were, in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joel Matip in the sort of centre of that defence as well. You've already mentioned Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez, not expecting to see them this week, but it is sort of, I suppose, just showing throughout the squad there are players at very different stages of their recoveries and returns. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's fantastic to to see Matip is is back. It's a bit of a shame that we've not been able to to see Gomez and, and Van Dijk, and certainly won't for, for the rest of this week. I don't think it will be sort of next week, which kind of leads you to think that possibly Konate and, and Matip would be the the ones to start against Norwich on the opening day of the season. But I thought there was you know certainly some impressive stuff from from both of them there tonight. I think. Again, it's it's very difficult. It's very early. It's you know not the the biggest of, of games or you know crowds or or anything like that. Not the best quality necessarily, but I thought they both did okay. I think we saw you know a big thing that I saw certainly with with Conate was the fact that he was stepped right up onto that halfway line. I think at times last season Liverpool struggled a little bit with Phillips and Kabak and whoever else played there, uh, you know, sort of dropping in and, and being a, a little bit deeper. Conate quite clearly is, is used to playing that high line, obviously does that fairly frequently for, or did that fairly frequently for, for Nagelsmann at, at Leipzig. So that was was good to see. And obviously whenever there is a ball played behind him, you can see that pace and sort of speed that he's got. Very, uh, very exciting to, to see. And yeah, I, I think that would have always been the case, but certainly after what happened last season at, at centre-back, I think that's a, a real positive. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah, in terms of that first game then, I suppose before we kind of move on to mention, obviously, the two goals, the penalty early on, one by Owen Beck, who's recently, of course, signed his, his first professional deal with the club. Divock Origi sticking that one away. And then the goal at the, the other end, a very precise header, but the lesser spotted Loris Carriers back in Liverpool colours may well have been able to do a bit better. Yeah, I'd, I mean... To be honest, it, it doesn't really matter, does it? He's not going to play for Liverpool next season. It's it's one of those that it, he's playing. It, it, it's not something I think we should get caught up on, to be honest. I think that just in terms of the penalty, I mean, it was a little bit harsh. I think I don't know what you thought of it, but yeah. it, it didn't particularly look like a, a penalty to me. I think there was actually one in the, the second game that was more of a, a penalty than that first one. But yeah, anyway, it's it's one of those. It, it gave Divock Origi an opportunity, which, you know, to be fair to him, it was a, a good penalty into the corner and who knows, maybe that sort of can give him a little bit of a confidence boost or, or possibly even put him into the window for a possible sale. I know West Ham have been rumoured with him uh, or rumoured with a, a move for, for him of late. I still think it would be best for, for him to, to move on, but I thought there was a few good signs for him there. And he is one of those players that it does sometimes just take that little thing to, to click and get him in, in the right headspace almost to, to play and, and give him that bit of confidence. So, who knows? Maybe that was it. Maybe that was uh, his last Liverpool goal. Who knows? Let's see. Yeah, for me, the hint maybe within there as well was the fact he played through the middle. We've so often seen him off the, the left in particular, but for, I suppose, the more experienced 11, the, the, the players who are more sort of attuned to full fitness, even at this early stage of preseason, it was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who played in that, that false nine Bobby Firmino position and he played well there. He did. He was really impressive, actually. I know he was sort of joking earlier in the week about potentially taking Roberto Firmino's place, but I really do think that is the position for him next season. If he wants to be in this Liverpool team regularly, I think it is going to have to be through the middle in that number nine role. That's where we saw him last season. It's clearly something that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders and the rest of the coaching team have been working on. It's clearly something that they want him to do. I know he will want to, to play midfield. He's always said all the way through his career that that is the place that he feels he's best. But I just think it's really, really hard to, to get into that Liverpool midfield. He's obviously going to play on the right-hand side of a, a midfield three if he does play in there. That's obviously where Jordan Henderson plays. If Henderson's not there, it's going to be Thiago. You've got Cater, Milner, all of these other players. I think it's it's much, much easier to see him 
getting a few games through the middle because obviously at the moment Diogo Jota will be back tomorrow, but there's not really any other obvious quality option to, to sort of play in that role. So I think it is a, an opportunity for him. I was quite impressed. He certainly looked sharp. You know, the, the reports coming out of, of Liverpool have suggested that the coaching staff are really pleased with the way that he's been playing. He looks really sharp. And I think we saw that, you know, certainly in that half an hour that, that we got from him today. I think that was was pretty impressive. So something to watch out for. It'll be interesting once Jota is back and, and fully up to speed. You know, whether they'll, well, the same for, for Roberto Firmino as well, of course, who, who's not there at the moment. But I think it's it's something to, to watch out for, certainly next season. And if Liverpool don't sign another forward player, that would be certainly a big thing for, for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I'm not saying that necessarily won't happen or that he is the alternative, but I think there was, you know, certainly promising signs from him tonight. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. In terms of other things to, to pick out, you mentioned Kai Gordon from the first game before, but also Harvey Elliott. For me, they those two really, the standout players for, for Liverpool in either game. Gordon, very sort of slinky, and you can see he's, he's still very slight. He's a young lad who's probably yet to really fill out type thing. But Harvey Elliott coming back from Blackburn, he looks as though he's coming back with a point to prove. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, you know, that both of them really sort of, it looked like watching them that they felt that they had a point to prove. I think with Kyde Gordon, he's not 17 until October. It's it's almost the case of proving to the rest of his teammates and, and proving to Liverpool fans that he is you know rightfully in there. And I think we certainly saw that. We know from, from last season, he started the season training every day with Wayne Rooney and the senior team at Derby County. Really impressed there. He was by all accounts, one of the, the best players in training for, for Derby's senior team. Obviously, Liverpool is a step up. I think he'll still be with the under-18s primarily, possibly the under-23s next season. But I think we certainly saw a lot from him. And as you say, Harvey Elliott, again, really impressive. There's not really too many better role models for somebody who's come into the club really highly rated, really young, has played at senior level in the past. I mean, Harvey Elliott is that example, isn't he? I mean, he's slightly older. Obviously, what he did last season um, at Blackburn was was really impressive. And, you know, we, we did see him a little bit in that sort of midfield role for Blackburn. Not a huge amount. It, it tended to be sort of on the right-hand side, obviously. But I think next season, it's it's really something to, to watch out for. Obviously, I said, you know, before the fact that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain might find it easier to get into the forward line. I think it's the opposite with Harvey Elliott. I think he might find it easier to come into that midfield because you look at, obviously, Mohamed Salah plays on the right-hand side. He's not obviously going to, to get the minutes there because as soon as Salah's fit, he is going to play pretty much every game. But then you think as well of, about Zerdan Shakiri. I think he's the obvious one that Harvey Elliott would look at and want to take on those minutes, similar to what Curtis Jones did with Adam Lallana last season. I think if Harvey Elliott's going to take on that sort of Zerdan Shakiri role, he's probably going to have to play in midfield because I think we certainly saw that in sort of October, November time. That was the position that Shakiri was coming on and, and impressing in. So I think that's certainly something to, to watch out for as well. And yeah, I mean, in, in one of my post-match pieces tonight, I've sort of compared that kind of role long-term, maybe as a kind of a David Silver role. I'm not sort of saying in terms of the quality or anything like that. You don't want to put too much pressure and, and compare Harvey Elliott to anybody. But I think he's got that kind of ability. He can pick a pass. He's not necessarily as quick as a, a Mane or a Salah. He's maybe better in that slightly more withdrawn role. And I think, as I say, that could be something to, to watch out for, not just next season, but, but probably long term as well. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't know how it's taken us so, so long to get onto Canate because we we have mentioned him already passing, but of course it was his sort of first chance to make an impression for Liverpool fans, chance to get to see him as well. But it's a very different setup to what he's going to be around. Obviously, Connor Bradley was playing at right back. He was alongside Reese Williams and Adrian behind him. I mean, Liverpool's injury worries were bad last season. They'd have to be an awful lot worse for that to kind of be a defensive system he's going to find himself in next season. Yeah, you certainly would. I mean, there was a couple of, of nervy moments, wasn't there, from from Adrian and from Reese Williams as well, giving the ball away, which probably didn't help. But I thought he looked composed. He looked really good, I thought. And He's one of those players that I think you've you've got the sort of basics that you want. I mentioned before the, the high line. He's used to, to doing that. Obviously, Liverpool is slightly different. But I think, again, as you say, once you've got, you know, Van Dijk or Matip alongside him or Joe Gomez throughout the season, I think we'll just see him get better and better. And I think it's obviously very difficult to make a judgment. It's only 30 minutes. It's pre-season. It wasn't the best quality of opposition. It was very hot, all of those sorts of things. But on what we've seen so far, I think I was uh, was pretty impressed by him. And I think the fact that he got through it, there was no real errors. There was no real sort of panicky moments or anything like that. I think you know, that's the, the sort of relief. And I like the fact at the end as well, he was a bit sad. He said that, that Liverpool didn't win. So, yeah, that's always good to see. He also sort of seems as though to me he's going to fit in well because as soon as the goal went in against Liverpool, he was immediately looking around saying, What's what's going on there? Why has that happened? But in terms of going up the the other end and getting a goal back in the game, I don't know if the uh, linesman was maybe quite as far along in preseason as he should be. Sadio Mane may be in an offside position when he nicked the goal off Costa Simicas, who for me was one of the real bright sparks in that second game. And I, I, I wouldn't want to say sort of a surprise because we didn't really get to see him last season, but he showed what he was all about. Yeah, definitely. I think that was the the first sort of signs of of what we saw or what we were told last summer when he came in was that he was pretty much a a carbon copy of Andy Robertson in terms of of style and and all of that sort of thing. Obviously not at the same level, but, you know, we've not, as you say, really seen a huge amount of him. Again, he's in a sort of team that you wouldn't expect him to, to be picked in if he was playing in the Premier League at some point next season. It would be a much stronger sort of group of, of players who were around him. But yeah, I was impressed. I thought he did everything he needed to do defensively. Obviously, nearly got a goal, did get an assist. Um, I think, you know, to, to sort of come into a team and, and make an impression. Obviously, we talk about pre-season and, and all of the caveats and, and all of that stuff. But I think for, for him, pre-season really is an opportunity because there's no Robertson for now. Obviously, he'll be, be coming back at some point and we know that he is that first choice. But you know, we saw how limited his minutes were last season. If he gets the odd five minutes, the odd 10 minutes or, or the 30 minutes today in future, you'd imagine he'd get, you know, sort of 45 minutes in, in these sort of games from, from Mainz and, and various other teams moving forward. The fact that he's not got those minutes last season, he's got to take every single chance. And I think he, he did that tonight and, and started to, to show really that Liverpool have brought him in as a proper sort of understudy to Robertson and they will trust him, I think, in future because the signs were, were really quite good there. Yeah, probably playing a, a bit of catch-up himself and he had that brilliant touch as well, didn't he? When the ball went over the top of the back line, he flicked it back over, brought it down, nearly lost control of it, but he did. He was able to, I think it was Naby Keita who was able to find with the pass. But yeah, that is it then from today's action. Matt, of course, now it's kind of looking ahead to Mainz and just continuing to kind of build up the minutes and 
I suppose that understanding amongst everyone through preseason and back to sort of what we, we what we were talking about the start with Van Dyke and Gomez, maybe chance to see Matip and Trent move more towards what was that that second side we saw. Yeah, exactly that. I think it's it's just a case of of minutes for now. It's obviously the first opportunity for these players to to play a semi-competitive game. So I think that's important. And I think going forward, we'll start to see more of the kind of relationships develop. I'd be surprised, for example, if we didn't see Matip and Konate line up together a few times ahead of the new season. You think of, of sort of Trent and, and Mo Salah on that right-hand side, things like that. I mean, obviously, they know each other inside out. They've played together for, for a long time now, but it's just about getting back into that groove and making sure that, you know, when the opportunity comes, when it comes to it on the first day of the season, they're absolutely at it. And I think, you know, the, the signs are, are good so far. As we say, it's it's hard to, to, to sort of make too much of a judgment at, at this moment in time. But I think what we've seen so far is that, you know, Jurgen Klopp is, is pretty happy with, with what he's seeing. Who knows, there might be another couple of signings to, to add before that first home game. Um, so, yeah, plenty of, of stuff to, to sort of think about for, for Liverpool. But so far, so good. Well, that's all from us here on this edition of Post Game. We'll be back on Friday night following the Reds' next run out against Mainz. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.